All right, let's open to the book of Luke. Chapter 11. We'll read a couple of verses here, starting in verse 9. If you're there, say amen. Amen. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. I love this verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? We've been talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Here's Jesus talking about the same thing. He's a gift and he wants to give him to you. Flip over now to Acts chapter 2. We'll read two quick verses that we've read several times throughout this series. I won't go through the whole message here. Verse 38 and 39. And Peter said to them, And repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift. Everybody say the gift. Of the Holy Spirit. Uh, as we've seen from Jesus in his words, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is a gift from God the Father. He looked down on us, and first he sent us, he, he gave his son Jesus as a gift. And then when Jesus had to leave in order for grace to be ex- sent and salvation to be sent, he then said, I don't want to give you a gift and then take it back without replacing it. So he gave us the Holy Spirit. It was a gift that he gave us. But will we receive him? One of the greatest gifts behind salvation that you could ever receive in your life is the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is a gift that helps us. And you know, you may have heard us say or you may have seen it on a brochure or a sign or a banner or a website that we're a spirit-filled church. And we are a spirit-filled church because we believe the gift of the Holy Spirit has filled us and He lives inside of us and we are walking with our friend, the Holy Spirit. Today I want to talk to you on this subject, uh, the gift that gives. The gift that gives. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this church, for these people, for those watching online. Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts, our minds, our spirits to receive from you and to be challenged by the power of your word. Do something great among us. Bless this house today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Luke, we see where Jesus says that God gave us a gift. And and here's what he says. He says, hey, dads, if your kid came and asked you for a fish, would you give him a snake? Would you, would you give him a serpent? Would you give, some, give him something that would hurt him? If he was asking for a fish, and I, I don't know what he means here. Maybe he means your kid wants a goldfish to put up in their room and look at at night and bring them some type of joy and, and pleasure and peace. Would you give them something that would harm them? Or if they asked for a fish because they just wanted some fried catfish, would you give them a snake? No, you wouldn't do that. 
Then he says this, if they just wanted some scrambled eggs, that's all they want, just, they just want some scrambled eggs. They need to get a little protein in the morning, right? Would you give them a scorpion? Something that could sting them and poison them and hurt them? Of course you wouldn't. So, so put this into context. You are, are, are evil. Uh, you are sinners is, is what he's implying here. You, you mess things up and you get things wrong and still you give your kids good things. How much more so would our Father who by his very nature is good. It's why the Bible says the Lord is good. And so he being good, he's going to give you the best gifts ever. So he gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, something interesting here, though. Uh, he said he only gives to those who ask. For he who asks receives. If you don't ask, you're probably not going to receive the Holy Spirit. You've got to ask for it. Ask to receive the Holy Spirit. Um, have you asked for the gift of the Holy Spirit? He, he, Jesus said he's going to give you this great gift, but you have to ask for it. So my question to you is, have you asked for the Holy Spirit? The moment you do, I imagine that God the Father up in heaven is looking down and saying, I thought you'd never ask. You say, well, do I have to say the words? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Acts 2. Um, Peter says that we have to receive the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's two things going on here. Jesus says the first thing you've got to do to have the Holy Spirit is you've got to ask for the gift and your Heavenly Father will give it. Then Peter goes on further and says, once you ask for it, because they had already asked the question, what do we do then? So he says, now that you've asked, what your next step is, you have to receive. Receive is an interesting word here. It has several meanings. It means to take with the hand, to lay hold of any person or thing in order to use it. So here's the thing, when you receive the Holy Spirit, it is with an intention that you're going to actively build a relationship with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to help you in your life. The Holy Spirit wants to be utilized in your life. He doesn't want you to, to, to do, you ever, do you ever get a gift at Christmas? You open it up and you go, oh my, thank you. This is exactly what I wanted. And then you go put it in your closet and it's never touched again. You hated it. You lied to them. You lied to them. Says, this, is, this is perfect. Knowing the whole time that you are never going to take the tags off of this. And at some point, there's a, there's a, a, a statute of limitations at which it can go into the garage sale pile. All right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Here's the thing. Receiving the Holy Spirit is with the intention that we're going to use Him. He wants to be used in your life. Don't, don't receive the Holy Spirit and then just say, well, that's it. I'm done now. Take Him with you. He's your helper. He's your comforter. And He's your guide. Okay? Receive also means this. It means to take in order to carry away. So let's say today you come down to the altar and you ask to receive the Holy Spirit. God says, man, I thought you'd never ask. Receive the Holy Spirit. To receive the Holy Spirit is, number one, the intention to utilize the Holy Spirit and build a relationship with Him. Secondly, is with the intention of, I'm not going to leave the Holy Spirit right here, but I'm going to carry Him away with me. 
Here's the great thing about the Holy Spirit. He does not just reside within these four walls and you have to come here to find Him. You can come here to find Him, but what He really wants is you to carry Him with you. Are you with me? Everywhere you go, every day, don't leave the Holy Spirit here and pick Him up next Sunday. Take Him with you. And the third one is this. Um, to take what is one's own, to take to oneself, to make one's own. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit wants to be utilized, and He wants to be carried with you, but more than all of that, He wants to come into covenant with you or to be one with you. Remember that God is the God of covenant and He wants to be in deep relationship. He wants to be a part of you. You know, here's the thing. At this point in my life, I, I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit. At nine years old, I was in my, my uh, mom's bedroom. I'd been saved for uh, as long as I could remember, as long as I was of age to understand what I was doing. And my mom called me in the room one day and uh, she said, she said, Randon, do you want to receive the Holy Spirit? And I said, I do. And in my parents' bedroom on 2716 Nashville, with just me and my mom there, she laid hands on me, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, and I began to prophesy for an over an hour, and, and it was just one of the most powerful, life-changing experiences of my life. There was no one around. There was no big altar call. No one, there, uh, Pastor Chris wasn't playing on the keyboard and, and singing, and there was no one cheering me on. It was just me and my mom and apparently the Holy Spirit. And from that day, uh, how many years is that now? 24 years later, man. 24 years later, I've, I've developed this relationship with the Holy Spirit. And He is a part of me. You can't get me without getting the Spirit of God that is in me. If you want to be in relationship with me, if you want to hang out with me, you just got to know you're getting some of the Holy Spirit too. You've got to know when you ask me a question uh, and, you want, and you ask for my advice, you're not just getting Randon's advice, but I am listening to, listening to my friend the Holy Spirit and saying to him, help me help you. Are you with me? Because he's a part of me. You don't get me without the Holy Spirit. And that's what he wants in your life. He wants to be a part of you. He wants, to be, uh, to, he wants you to take him as your own. It's not enough for your spouse to have the Holy Spirit and you to be left without. Take the Holy Spirit as your own. All right, so we got to receive. So Jesus said, ask. Peter said, receive. Let's keep going now. He uses a specific Greek word here when he says, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's very important because I'm going to show you something else in, in our next passage of Scripture. But he uses a term, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He uses the term, the Greek word, doria. You want to say that with me? Doria. It's spelled D-O-R-E-A. Uh, you might, if, in, in Texas, we can say it, the doria. Uh, but it's, it's spelled, it's sounded out, Doria. And, and here's what he, he's talking about. The gift of the Holy Spirit, he calls the Doria, capital D. This is the person of the Holy Spirit. This is very important. I want you to flip over with me now to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Some of my favorite verses of Scripture, and uh, hopefully here in just a few minutes you'll see why. 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to read now from the New King James Version. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, 
I do not want you to be ignorant. Skip down to verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. I want you to note that word gifts right there. But the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Okay, here's what he says. Let's back up to verse 1, if you'll, if you'll throw that up there for me. How many of you are reading, you have an actual uh, New King James Bible in your hand? Does anybody have a New King James Bible? I want you to notice there uh, that the word gifts right here is italicized. That means the words are at a slant, if you don't know what italicized means. The word is italicized. Now, when you're reading the New King James Version, one of the things that the writers, that the translators, excuse me, did was, when they were translating it from uh, Greek and Arabic uh, into English, there were some words that were not actually there in the Greek, but to help us understand what the Greek was saying they dropped in another word to help you get the context of what they're saying. So here's what that means. It means that this word gifts was not actually here. So I appreciate their help, but sometimes they mess us up while they're trying to help us. If you read in the English Standard Version, it says the same thing, but it actually is translated like this. Now concerning spirituals or now concerning spiritually gifted persons. This is very important. The reason why this is important, because the Greeks, uh, or, or, the, or the, uh, the Corinthians, they were, they, were, they were famous for chasing after idols or people or gods who they thought had, were, were spiritually gifted, who had powers, who could help them in some way. And so Paul says, listen, I don't want you to be ignorant of spirituals or spiritually gifted people. The reason he didn't want them to be ignorant is because if we're ignorant and, we, and, and you don't get the next few things he's saying, you will think in your own mind that I have to chase after one spiritually gifted person and I have to put them on a pedestal because they have spiritual giftings. And Paul's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant because you have spiritual gifts too. Are you tracking with me? Paul says, you don't have to be the pastor in order to be spiritually gifted. So don't be ignorant of spiritual people. Listen, we're just people. You're just people. But when the Holy Spirit dwells in you, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that is gifting us. It is not my gifts. It's His gifts. Are you with me? They're His gifts that he, is, he, he gives to me. It's not me. It's Him. So don't get called up. Don't be ignorant of spirituals or spiritual, spiritually gifted people and think that they are more than they are when it's really the God in Him and the same God that is in them lives in you and the same God that gifts them wants to gift you. Are you tracking with me? Doesn't mean we shouldn't honor people with special giftings or, or offices and all that. He's just saying, don't idolize them and put them up on such a pedestal that you begin to worship them instead of the God in them. Now, so we don't want to be ignorant. Uh, we don't want to be uh, uninformed. We, we don't want to get that all messed up. Now, he goes on. And I want you to go back to verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. So now he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But again, we go back to the Greek. 
Because he does not use the word that he used for the gift of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit that God gave to us. He is using a different word. The first word was doria. The second word is charisma. Charisma. This is a word that we're familiar with. Um, it's found its roots right here uh, in, the, in Scripture. It found its roots in the Greek language. It's a word that we borrowed from the Greeks. The word charisma in our world typically means um, a lot of personality, charming, somebody we want to be around, someone we're attracted to. If we say a person has a lot of charisma, they just teach people like being around them and like talking to them. And here's the deal. Um, the word got a little bit off track from what Paul was meaning of it here. But the truth is, when you have the charisma, the gifts of the Holy Spirit working in your life, you will find that people are attracted to you too. And they want to be around you and they want to listen to what you have to say. Why? Because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are working in, in you. And the result is, people are drawn to something in you even if they can't put their finger on it. So the result is the same. Word charisma here. He's talking now about the gifts, plural, of the Holy Spirit. Peter said, receive the doria, the singular gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul uses a different word, receive the charisma or the charismata. You'll notice here that the, that the root word is charis. The root word uh, charis means grace. So when you put charisma together, you get this grace gift is what it literally translates, which seems like a little bit of a... Of, um, redundant because you can't earn grace if you could earn grace then it wouldn't be grace and if you purchased a gift then it would be a purchase not a gift but but here's what he says i'm going to double up on this thing i'm going to make sure that you're clear you can't earn it but i'm just giving it to you because that's the kind of god that i am don't let the devil tell you you're too bad you can't use uh, you can't you don't have spiritual gifts because you haven't earned them you're right none of us did jesus earned them when he went to the cross and he sent the holy spirit to us it's a grace gift it's favor endowed to you from on high that you couldn't earn even if you tried so it's a grace gift it's the charismata the charisma of god so here's here's what it is i want you to get this and, and, and I distinguish these. I said uh, the title of our message today is The Gift That Gives. Here's one. The gift or the doria, when he comes, he comes bearing gifts. The, the charismata. Now, my mom uh, loves to give presents. Ladies, if you've ever gone to one of her women's conferences, you know how she's always giving stuff away. She can't help herself. She will go broke giving stuff away. She just loves to give gifts. My kids love it. They know when Nene comes to her house, Nene, she's coming from Renee and Nana, so it's Nene spelled with the squiggly on the end and the whole deal. Oh, yes, that's happening. <laughs> uh, so when Nene comes home, when she comes to see them, they love it when Nene comes to the house because she never comes empty-handed. She always comes with something. She goes out to her SUV, and that SUV is like Santa's red bag. She reaches her hand in the window and goes digging around, and out comes a prize, and they love it. Oh, my gosh, look what Nene got me. It's the greatest thing. Here's the thing. 
in this scenario, the gifts that she brings are the charisma or the charismata. My kids didn't earn them. She just loves to give. It's how she shows love. Okay? It's her, it's her number one love language. Um, but the Doria is the person is my mom. Now, here is the challenge for me when I was growing up and my kids is not to get so caught up falling in love with the gifts that she brings and forget about the giver of the gifts. And here's the challenge for good Christian people, people like me and you that love God, and, and is that we, we have to be careful that we don't get so caught up speak, seeking spiritual gifts that we lose track of the gift that brings the gift. We, we, we get so caught up seeking healings and workings of miracles and prophecies and words of knowledge and gifts of tongues and words of wisdoms and gifts of faith and, and discerning of spirits. And we're all about those. And we can get caught up thinking that's the Holy Spirit. That is not the Holy Spirit. There is a person of the Holy Spirit who wants a relationship with us. But I promise you this, if you build a relationship with a person, you will never lack the gifts that he brings. Because the Holy Spirit never shows up empty-handed. I told you a few weeks ago that the Holy Spirit never shows up to the party without the dip. And my wife thought that was the, mo- the funniest thing I've ever said in my life. I promise you, He never shows up without His gifts. If you'll, if you'll build a relationship with Him, you'll, you'll have access to spiritual gifts. But if all you're trying to do is build a relationship with the gifts that He brings, you'll look up. And you'll lose your relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And when he's gone from your life, the gifts are gone too. And you'll be saying, what happened here? I've been, you know, I'm trying to pray for people and nothing's happening. How's your relationship with the gift that gives? Are you tracking with me? I want you to understand spiritual gifts. And I'm about to tell you what nine that Paul gives us right here, of which there are other types of gifts, but I'm just going to give you his quick nine. I want you to know those. I want you to understand how they can work in your life, but I don't want you to ever lose track of the Doria, the person of the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look here. Are you okay this morning? Let's take a look at the nine extraordinary gifts. Paul goes on in uh, verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Wait, wait. Um, Notice here, Spirit is capitalized again. Through the Spirit. Words of wisdom come through the Holy Spirit. You're going to see that throughout the Scripture. Um, To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But one in the same Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, the same singular gift, works all these things, distributing to each one one individually as he wills. Now, let's go through these nine. You can separate them into three categories. If you're taking notes, jot these down. You need to know them. 
They're, they're gifts that if the Holy Spirit, if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He's filled you, you've received Him. This is how He wants to help you. When He says He's your helper, this is, this is one of the, these are nine of the ways that He wants to help you in your life. The first category is called the discerning gifts. The discerning gifts. There's three of them. The first is the word of, words of wisdom. Words of wisdom is seeing and understanding the right thing to do. It's simply a divine answer or solution for a particular question or challenge. If you've got a problem going on, you need a word of wisdom. When you don't know what to do, God does. The Holy Spirit does. Ask Him and He'll give you wisdom for what to do. I'm going to tell you, in a complex world in which we live, this is a gift that you ought to become very comfortable functioning in. The gift of words of wisdom. He wants to help you. We see Jesus um, function in this often. Now I want you to remember this, and, and, and as you study the scripture, remember that Jesus was fully God and fully man, but Jesus never operated in his divinity. He was only empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you go back and study, Jesus never did a miracle until the Holy Spirit filled him. And then the Holy Spirit showed up in his life to do miracles. Jesus had to do it this way so that, number one, he could die for our sins. And number two, we could model him as he is the firstborn of, of, of many brethren. Are you tracking with me? So here's what happens. Jesus has a problem. He needs some money to pay his taxes. He, he, he had to pay his temple taxes. So he gets a word of wisdom. And he says, Peter, go fishing. And Peter goes fishing, and he catches a fish with a gold coin in his mouth. It was a word of wisdom that led him to a solution. Are you tracking with me? Word of wisdom. God might tell you to do something that makes sense, and he might tell you to do something that doesn't make sense. But if you'll follow him, if you'll follow the Holy Spirit, he'll lead you down the right path. Number two is words of knowledge. Words of knowledge is supernaturally seeing or knowing a portion of a person's life, history, or current situation. It's a supernatural transfer of information you couldn't know through natural processes. Again, if you look at the life of Jesus in John chapter 4, he's talking to the woman at the well. And uh, he says, woman, go and get your husband. And, uh, and she says, I have no husband. And, she, and he says, you have spoken correctly, for in fact, you've had five. There was no way that Jesus could have known this except the Holy Spirit told him through a word of knowledge about her. So it's words of knowledge. Uh, number three is the discerning of spirits. Now, uh, um, this one, people don't want to talk about a whole lot because the fact of the matter is, and, and, and we can, we can um, make this really nice and easy to, to digest, but the fact of the matter is discerning of spirits literally means being able to see uh, the spirit of what's going on. Is this God doing something or is this a demonic influence doing it? And you can say, well, demonic influences don't happen in 2015. They absolutely do. They happen in Jesus' day. They happen in the Old Testament. They happen uh, in, in the lives of the uh, apostles. You, you may remember the story when Peter was, uh, uh, and Paul, uh, well, the disciples were walking along, and the, and the girl was following them, and, and she was a, a diviner, and she was, uh, she was running her mouth, and she was saying the right things, but there was a spirit on her. And the disciples turned around and called her out and delivered her. And, and and so we see that dem demonic influences are at work in our life. And you need to be able to step back and say, God, is what's going on right now of you? Are you trying to teach me something? Are you trying to grow me? Are you trying to shut, shut a door for me? 
Or is this the devil that's trying to keep me and from getting what God has for me? Are you tracking? Uh, is this someone that is, that is speaking the truth in my life? Or is this someone the devil has sent to torment me and I need to move on from them? What is going on? That's what discerning of spirits is. These are the discerning gifts. Uh, the second group is called the declarative gifts. So there's discerning, then there's declarative gifts. The first one is the gift of prophecy. This is supernatural ability to receive a message uh, from God to edify, exhort, comfort, or uplift the body of Christ or a believer. Um, could be about a future event, but doesn't have to. But here's the thing, and this is, this is what sometimes gets confused in, in, um, in prophecy. Prophecy should be uplifting, it should be exhorting, and it should be encouraging. I'm going to tell you, if you get a prophetic word and you and there is no encouragement anywhere in it, I would be very careful to receive that in my life. When you study scripture, when you study the words of Paul, Paul said, desire spiritual gifts, but desire more that you prophesy so that you can exhort and upbuild and lift people up. Prophecy is not meant to beat you down. It's meant to lift you up and encourage you. Now, sometimes it has an edge of, hey, wake up, but it should always have encouragement with it. And if it doesn't, I'm not sure I would tell you to receive that. Make sense? Prophecy. Uh, the, the second is, um, and I won't take long on these today, the gift of tongues. This is a message from God to man in a language unknown to the person through whom the message comes. Uh, and then the companion gift to that is the interpretation of tongues. This is, uh, you find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Paul continues on to talk about these, um, and, and this is God speaking to man. We'll talk about that more later. Uh, the third group is dynamic gifts. Uh, this is, number one, is the gift of faith. This is actually receiving the faith of God, not just yourself. The faith of God deposited in you. Think about it like this. It's spiritual confidence. It's spiritual confidence. When you're running low, it's spiritual confidence. This is more than just everyday faith. The disciples had faith in Jesus. How many of you know the disciples had faith in Jesus? They wouldn't have been following him. They wouldn't have, wouldn't have given up their whole life and said, this is the one. They had faith in Jesus, but remember they got out on the, on the, the sea and the storm rose and they woke Jesus and they said, we're in a bad place and we don't know what to do. And Jesus said, oh, ye of little faith. They had faith, they just didn't have enough for the specific situation, so they had to call on Jesus, they had to get some of his faith, they had to borrow his faith to see the storm calmed. Here's the thing, this is the way the gift of faith works. When you run short, or you get in a situation that is very serious, maybe it's a health situation, maybe it's a money situation, maybe it's something in your family or your marriage, whatever it might be, and you're just struggling in your own faith, you can turn to the gift of faith and you can borrow faith or supernatural confidence from heaven to see God step in. Amen. It goes beyond everyday faith, the gift of faith. Number two is the gift of healings physically, emotionally, uh, uh, relationally, mentally healed according to the supernatural power of God. It's gifts of healing. In, in Luke chapter 5, Jesus is preaching along and the Bible says that the power of the Lord was present to heal them. In another verse, he says Jesus could do no miracles among them. But in this one, he says the power of the Lord was present to heal them. There are times when the power of God just shows up to heal people and you ought to get in line. Just get in line. 
And then uh, the third is the working of miracles, the ability to perform supernatural acts by the power of God. This is divine intervention that alters circumstances. There are times when gifts are more present than others, uh, but we always have access to these gifts because when the Holy Spirit is active in your life, He never comes without bringing His gifts, His charisma. One more verse, and we're going to close today. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. Timothy is a young pastor, and he's going through it. He's fighting. He's struggling. He's, he's worried. Understand, there are a lot of young pastors in America today. We have it easy. Timothy, was in a, he was in a tight spot, boys. He was in a tight spot. And... They're trying to kill Christians. That's what they're trying to do. As a matter of fact, Paul writes him this letter. and He's, he's, he's facing death. And so he, he says to Timothy, Timothy, your mom and your grandmother, they were women of faith. They were strong. They were believers. They, they, they didn't back down. And he said, Timothy, I, I want you to know that their same faith is in you. The same strength that they have, it's in you. I'm reminded of them as I think of you. And then here's what he says in in, in verse 6. He says, for this reason, I remind you. Because the circumstances of your life have caused you to forget what's in you. You know the Holy Spirit lives in you. You know that you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit working and at your disposal that He wants to be with you. But sometimes the circumstances of life cause us to forget. They cause us to get dismayed. They cause us to get down. And here's what Paul says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. The word gift there is charismata or charisma. Here's what I'm reminding you. If you're reading the New King James, stir up the gifts of God. If you're reading uh, uh, the New American Standard Bible, it says to to kindle afresh or anew. So here's what he said, Timothy, I know you've forgotten because you're going through some tough times, but there's some coals that are red hot inside of you. And though the flame has gone out because the enemy's trying to stifle you and stifle your voice and, and, and keep you down and cut off your oxygen in your life, those coals are still hot. All you need to do is fan into flame. All you need to do is to breathe on them. I don't know if you've ever built a fire, maybe in your uh, fireplace, maybe you've gone camping. Sometimes when the, when the fire goes down, if you'll, just, if you'll just breathe on it a little bit, if you'll, just, if you'll just blow on the fire, you'll see those flames jump back up again, right? So here's what he said. Fan into flame. Stir up the gifts of God. Rem- I'm reminding you to remind yourself that there is, there is gifts on the inside of you. And though you may not have been using them lately, and you may not have been putting more fuel on the fire, thus the fire has gone down because the enemy is swarming around you. He said, I'm reminding you that there are hot coals burning, so blow on them, stir them up, get them going again. They are still in you. Here's what I want you to know today. If you have asked for the Holy Spirit, and you have received the Holy Spirit, 
You may not have been activating the gifts of God, but those hot coals are still burning on the inside of you. And so I say this today to you, like Paul wrote to his son Timothy, and he said, and I say to you, I'm reminding you today, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going to, stir up the gifts of God inside of you. Stir up the gifts of God. You need a word of wisdom. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do next. A word of wisdom. Stir it up. Holy Spirit, I need you today. He'll help you. You need healing in your body? Stir up the gift of healing. You need your circumstances to change? You need supernatural intervention? But I'm stirring up the gift of the working of miracles. I'm stirring it up. I'm stirring it up. Devil, get out of my way. There are gifts of God. Something's happening in the atmosphere right now. I believe that a flame inside of so many people in this room and watching online is being rekindled. May you know the truth that the gifts of God are resident within you. You, you, don't, you don't have to wait for an outpouring revival. You can stir those gifts up today. You don't have to wait until just the right worship song. Stir up the gifts right now. I want to do this today. I'm going to end by opening our altars, and I'm going to open it for two things. Number one, if you want to receive the Doria, the, the Doria, the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit, all I want you to do is to come ask and receive the Holy Spirit today. Ask and then receive. Ask and allow Him to fill you. And then secondly, Say, Pastor, I'm just down. I need someone with me. I, I, I'm running low on faith, but I, I need someone to help me. You know what? There are pastors and elders, prayer partners that are coming here today. And I'm speaking to you today. Stir up the gifts of God which are on the inside of you. Activate the gifts. Speak a word. Give a prophetic word today. I want you to be open to hear uh, a words of knowledge. I want you to be open to workings of miracles. I believe God wants to do something great today. How, about, how wonderful would that be? What if today that God wanted to do something in your life? He wanted to change circumstances. Stand with me this morning. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to bless you. We're going to sing. And then our altars are going to be open. Our host will come in just a few moments. Father, I thank you for sending us the gift of the Holy Spirit. This person who wants to be active in our life, who wants a relationship with us, who wants to, uh, to be a part of us, who wants us to take him as our own, to walk with us, to go with us, to, to help us. And Lord, when he comes, he brings gifts. He brings good gifts. He brings gifts that will help us. So Lord, we stir up those gifts today. We fan them into flame. We activate them today. And, and, and we speak life into them. And we say, come back, burn hot move in our lives today. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you want to do miracles today. You are present to do miracles. I thank you that someone's going to get healed today. I thank you that someone is going to get healed today in the name of Jesus. Amen.